0: What's going on family, it's your brother Martinez here, host of Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures Podcast. Listen, if you are looking for a Bible study, if you're looking for the word of God to be taught on a level of your comprehension, then Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures Podcast is the podcast for you, okay? So what I'm doing is I'm taking practical lessons, I'm taking world events, and just different things that are just going on, and we're gonna look at them through the lens of scripture because we want to see what god has to say about any and every situation and circumstance of our life not only am i teaching the word but i came up with a creative way that i am teaching the word of god over gospel r&b and hip-hop infused instrumental but it's all for good conversation So grab you something warm to drink Get your notepad out Whether it's on your iPad or your phone Whatever you take notes on And let's get ready to dive into the word of God Make sure you subscribe to these podcasts On Apple Podcasts, Spotify Or wherever you listen to podcasts You can also email me at Podcasting at mmsmedia.org Or you can follow me on Social media at mbills314 And remember the book of Romans Chapter 3, verse 4 latter verse Let God be true And every man be a liar.
1: Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode slash session of the Before After Podcast. This is Christy Danielle, aka The Talk Lady, and I'm telling y'all I'm excited about today's session as always, but before we get into that, I need you to subscribe to the Before After Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Listen, today's show is called Poverty Trauma, Yes, poverty trauma That is something very important Especially that I've seen with my clients Who desire to be millionaires Who desire I mean, poverty trauma is not talked about enough Actually, I don't think I ever even heard the term So I'm like a forerunner in this Okay, anyway So I have an amazing guest today Listen, you go to I'm going to have him talk about his social media handles If you want to But I'm just saying This guy is so knowledgeable. Uh, You'll see what we're talking about. His name is Robert L. Hurt III. Yes, number three. Um, Robert is an accountant and personal finance consultant located in Memphis, Tennessee. Robert is a Mississippi native. I did not know that. And a teacher by heart. He sure is. He has more than five years of experience in accounting and personal finance and has created uh, courses on budgeting, debt elimination, and income diversification specifically, y'all listen to this, specifically for churches schools and other community organizations listen i i want y'all to welcome this awesome awesome guy robert welcome to the show
2: Oh, hello, the- hello, hello.
1: I am finally, finally, finally on the show. How you doing? Christy? Good. Of course, we gave you a round of applause. I thank you so much. You know, yeah, we actually had like a mini talk about the topic. Pre- oh, we we could have just recorded.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was a by itself. It,
1: yeah. it was good. It was good. I'm like, oh my gosh. So yes, uh, I like I say all the time. These are not episodes. These are sessions. Um, you guys know me. I said it in season one. It is my pet peeve when clients come to therapy and the therapist don't give them no strategies. I'm like, well, what they gonna work on? When they get done, like in between the sessions. And so this topic is near and dear to my heart, poverty trauma. And Robert, I know this is something that you discuss all the time, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is a major issue. It's a major issue. Very major issue.
1: It is a major issue You know um, I I gotta Listen When we were talking um, About the show I wanted to start off Kind of where we left off uh, Because that's okay. gonna Spawn a whole nother thing But I always say Your poverty Is attached to your Perversion mm! mm-hmm. Wasn't that mm-hmm. powerful When we talked about that That was really powerful and I, I
2: think it's because A lot of times we don't understand. I hope you don't mind me just hopping in. Go, on, it. go in, please. I think it's really because we don't, we don't really understand what should be and how it should go. Even in the church, we mm. don't understand from a kingdom perspective, how things should really go. So we just learn from our trauma and we learn, and most of the time trauma is gonna be almost always learning something the exact wrong way. And it's always gonna have perversion attached to it. So I'm excited for this conversation. I don't want to go ahead and speed off, but I'm going to let you go ahead and do it. No, please.
1: Time. I'm telling you, I'm begging you to flow because uh, something, okay. you uh, trauma, you know, something I always say um, that trauma is a big bully. It tells you who to marry. It tells you who to date. It tells mm-hmm. you what careers to choose. It'll even tell you how to spend mm-hmm. your money. Mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and so trauma is the it's one of the most skilled teachers in the world and and so when we talk about perversion and and something mm-hmm. i was thinking i was like your perverted thinking is keeping you in poverty i mean but it's so mm-hmm. true like I'm, I'm guessing have you seen people do that though when it comes to them uh-oh
2: Go on, absolutely Tammy. so when when i when i tell you that Okay, so when you do budgets, you see how people really spend their money. Most of us, and we we got, it's so jacked up. Like, it's so many things wrong with the way we see, get, and view money that by the time we kind of bring somebody to help us, they have to almost reteach us as if we don't know nothing about being an adult, right? Mm. Even in the church, like, a, a a lot of things that I've noticed that we do as Christians is, we really do money so anti-bible that it's almost pathetic but it's really only because when have we ever had a pastor really teach us how to make proper business decisions across the pulpit like just sitting down and talking to us if you don't learn it in the three major institutions family school and church you're not going to do right by it so that's where the perversion from the trauma takes place because all you know is all you know. And so if, if you aren't really, if you aren't taught from a biblical perspective on how to use money, how to build wealth, what to do when you get a, a lump sum of cash, uh, chances are you're just gonna blow your money. Uh, what you should have done ain't gonna get done. And where the money should be going is not gonna go. In a nutshell. Um, mm. And I, I deal with that a lot when it comes to people because we like we like fast money we like, we like money that will come and blow our minds and I'm going to tell you something uh, l- you look at the statistics um, the bankruptcy rates for lottery winners are multiples of times larger than a bankruptcy rate of normal people wow a lot of the times it's mm-hmm. 95% of your money problems have nothing to do with physical tax Oh, we
1: go <laughs> please go in D- this is, oh, no. man. please keep going because this is this is exactly what I'm talking about poverty trauma mm. trauma will tell you how to spend your money I always yeah. say and and for those who I always say this every, almost every session even for those who are not believers these are still strategies and tools that you can take because I, w- literally like I have clients who are high up, you hear me, in all kinds of fields. When I say they can't even enjoy it or they're spending it, I'm like, how are you bringing this much in? And so we have Mm -hmm. to talk about that because trauma will tell you. I mean, one of the biggest perverted, come on, when people are show offs, that's because they dealt with some type of poverty of rejection growing up. And, yes. and so like, and this is what I tell parents in the sessions. I say, we have got to stop raising our children. Oh, this is good. We got to stop raising our children. I call it parenting through rejection. And so when we talk about, mm. oh, it's powerful. When we talk about poverty trauma, what I'm really saying mm-hmm. is like they say, I grew up poor. I ain't have nothing. Now the child grow up and have everything. Don't know. Don't have any financial skills. Don't have. I mean, I'm sure you see that far too often. But we want. We like quick money.
2: Mm-hmm. We love it. And and, and it is. It, it, it's sad because a lot. A lot of the times, we're from in Mississippi. Um, it's really poor. Like, mm. it's hard. Number one, to get a minimum. It's hard to get a minimum wage job. But then when you get that minimum wage job it's hard to get full-time hours because they don't want to pay for the benefits. Mm. Like, and so it, it's almost like if you really stay in areas where there's no real upward mobility, a lot of times people feel like, I just got to go sell something. Or I got to go, you know, sleep around. Or I got to go do X, Y, Z. You got to make, so make something, like, we got to make something shake in their language. And it's like, when you're coming from that mindset, you have no it's it, it's almost like they're boxed into what only they, they can see because all you know is all you know mm. but when you have people like me come and tell you that there are ways you can get income and make a good living safe drug free sex free come know, on prostitution free let me say it like yeah, prostitution free that's a better you know breakdown of it um but and then when you get that you gotta know how to retain that. There's a scripture, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. That's a scripture about stewardship and retention and storing up for the future. But when you come in from that poverty kind of mentality, you know, a traumatic uh, background when it comes to finances in your living, you don't think like that. You just think for quick money, fast, pay the bills. I need what I can get. I like flashy stuff. Enjoy your life. And it's not going to really be enough when you're trying to live for God because when you're living for God, God says that uh, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Mm. That's incongruent with the fast money lifestyle.
1: Ooh, go go more into that, please. I, I, okay, I can go more into it. So,
2: um, because I'm, I'm building a curriculum of things that to me is just common sense, but I'm learning that most people don't understand it. Right. So um, when you when you really aren't. Well versed in really what Jesus was saying about money and stewardship, uh honor towards people, giving, uh, serving, not having your heart attached to money uh as closely as people in certain lifestyles are, you're not gonna be successful with money. So like what you said, people will come in, they make good money. They make great money. You a right. doctor, you a lawyer, you're a dentist. And you really have a negative net worth. And, and this is another thing that we have to learn in church. Dave Ramsey, uh, Dave Ramsey did a, um, he did the largest study of millionaires in North American history, mm-hmm. the largest one ever. I think he studied about uh, between eight to 10,000 different millionaires. And um, in the top three of that list, you would think you'd be like a doctor or an entertainer or an artist or a lawyer, a dentist, no teacher.
1: Wow.
2: Uh, I think the other one was, uh, I think IT or something like that. Stuff that you don't really think like that's the millionaire status right there. And the reason why that is is because those professions are highly logical and highly logical people are usually going to follow godly principles when it comes to money. Usually not always. But what happens is that we come in with a perspective of I got to make all this money and do all this stuff. And I'm telling you, 95% of our money problems is not money because you are much more likely to bankrupt if you win a lottery than a regular person, which tells you it's not a it's not a physical issue. It's a spiritual and a mental issue that you have to rectify before you even come into that kind of money. I don't want to mm. change the conversation, but
1: keep going. How
2: do we want this conversation to go? I just want to. Um, no,
1: just keep keep gotcha. flowing because I'm I'm a firm believer. First off, I'm gonna just tell if listen to all my audience. If you don't know by now, I have an anointing for discussion. So wherever mm-hmm. it goes, it will go. Something I want to address. So yeah, this conversation is about to shift, but whatever. Um, something I want to address when we talk about uh it's a mental issue and things like that one of the things i forgot what you said but it jogged my mind was that um poverty and uh, your perversion or whatever your perverted thinking it is also tied into impulsive behaviors and so and so what i'm because remember like you gave the example like where you from like Mississippi is very, and so it's just like look I need to sell I need to get this I need to make something quick but that's to me along the lines also of impulsive thinking and so what we do in therapy for those who listen and what we do in therapy is we teach your brain to get away from that because impulsivity is just instant gratification if we can get yeah. you to step away from instant gratification your money will become longer because you yeah. Oh, this is is good because by default. by default thank you because you have um mastered the skill of delayed gratification mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i mean but that goes i mean come on now to be a disciple means you have to be disciplined and discipline yeah. means to be educated so you have mm-hmm. to really perfect not only just perfect your craft but become knowledgeable I mean, but mm. I'm just saying. When I heard you talking, that was the n- number one thing that just stuck out. We- and trauma will make you impulsive. Trauma trauma makes you very egocentric. It's all about you. It's mm. about my. ego. it's good, ain't it? It's Man, all it about- good. <laughs> yeah. It's all about it's all about me. It's I want what I want. Look, I'll rob Peter to pay Paul. I'll I'll you know hurt people to climb up the ladder just so I can make a buck. And that in that that itself is poverty trauma i mean i i heard i saw your mind going but go ahead and jump in wherever
2: yeah no see i'm trying to see where i want to take this um the instant gratification really has to be crucified because Mm. that is always going to lead to destructive decisions instant gratification is almost it's really an enemy but this is this is this is where i come in with uh a caveat so um, mm. I'm the type of person, I like to budget random, random spending, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if I know Christmas is coming up in December, I mean, we did the research, Christmas is the same day every year. We've done this extensive research, it's the <laughs> same day. And so, uh, and so uh, you already know December 25th, okay, I already know this is what I got lined up. Let me be saving a certain amount, sacrifice throughout the year, so when Christmas comes, I'm not looking, you know, like boo-boo the fool, getting anybody to give, but I'm broke.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, you really have to learn how to store up treasure so that when you need it, you can actually have it to use it. But when you have that traumatic background, when, when you don't understand how things should go, the original intention of wealth, you're just going to blow it. And it, it, it's going to be something that really distorts you because your, your kid's going to have to get married. What you going to do? Well, I, I'm going to wait until the day of and I'm going to give them a, a $100 gift. Well, then you cost $5,000. This cost is over here. And if you ain't got nothing stored up, it'll be it'll be several things in life. Somebody get sick. You get sick. Somebody lose their job. And if you don't have understanding of wealth, then you're going to always find yourself in destructive situations.
1: Can you touch on those biblical principles, um, that yeah. please, um, now hear, hear, my heart, hear my, I, I listen, y'all need to know we love Jesus on this call today. <laughs> we love Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I do have audience and, and I have clients from all different belief backgrounds or whatever, but God is not a liar. And if there mm-hmm. is something that he said, he, God is faithful to what he said, so if yes. you, this is this is what I believe. This is why I believe. Even if like some celebrities, they have horrible character, but I do know that if you give, God honors that and God loves that. Yeah. And but and they give to charities like crazy, and I feel like that's I please correct me if I'm wrong because I'm I'm open for it. But I'm just saying like. Even when people who are not so right, when they give, God, honest, God is not a liar. If He said you give, you get. That's what He said, and I feel like partially some people have used those spiritual laws of giving, so to so to speak, to. Gain what they really wanted uh, Like like I said celebrities They give to charities Millions to charities I personally feel like God is not a liar They gonna have to get that back So I'm just mm-hmm. saying if, Even if you're not a believer Just please take these principles in But if you are a believer Listen okay <laughs> But what are some biblical principles That you can educate us on Today about giving Or just finances yeah. period uh, of course,
2: um, of course, the concept of stewardship itself is just universal. Like, you. you have to, you have to understand that everything that God gives of you, He's going to, re- He's going to expect a return and a report on it. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you a, a principle, uh, from, um, let me see. I think I had it, um, cause I'm looking at my notes now. I was just doing some teaching
0: mm-hmm.
2: earlier. Um, in the book of Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't read all of it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to give you the gist of it, right? So um, a man traveled to a far country, called his servant, and he gave him talents, right? Uh, unto one he gave five talents, unto another he gave him two, unto another he gave him one. And every all of them according to their own personal abilities. God is going to staff you with resources for your calling the grace he's <laughs> giving you for the anointing yes, on your life yes. he's going to give you resources and he, he's going to expect you to, to operate with those resources and provide a return no matter how minimal it is still provide a return right mm. so the Lord gave them the talent then the Lord came back to require of them So what happened is that the one who had five, he doubled it and gave him 10. Well done, you know, come and receive the rest. The one who gave him two, doubled it, gave him, you know, gave him four. Well done, come and receive the rest. One of them actually took what they had and they did, they weren't a good steward of it. They just buried it and said, okay, God, here you go. In essence, God gave them something and he didn't give them back Mm. anything. The other was wicked because he really didn't give them back anything. What happens with our stewardship is that we have to learn how to carefully manage this to make sure, number one, that this doesn't dwindle, but also that I'm actually duplicating this. Because remember, they doubled it. Let me duplicate this in other areas. Second Timothy 2 and 2, he said, he's basically saying these things that I commit to you, that you would teach somebody else who would then, you know, that duplication principle. God wants to do that, of course, in your finances, but also in every other area of your life when it comes to your resources, friends, family, uh, your loved ones, uh, your time, um, how you treated people. Um, anything that he's given you, any talents that he's given you, he wants you to take that and be a good steward of it. So while that is financial mainly, it's also applicable in other areas of your life. So, number one, stewardship is a really good principle to understand um, because typically if you get that, all the other stuff will start to fall in line because it's mm-hmm. a hardest. Yeah. the hardest. God called God called the, 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 uh, the unprofitable servant, he called him wicked because his heart wasn't to bring something back to God. God gave me mm-hmm. something, but I don't really want to bring it back to Can you. I ask We you say a it's out of fear.
1: Can I, may of I please course. ask you a question? Um, you mentioned family. Uh, So let me just Let me just say this Because you mentioned family And it hit my mind And so I'm just Knowing God Want me to ask this Because I know It's somebody listening Right now When it comes to family And giving (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I know Codependency Is a huge form of trauma And a lot of Mm -hmm. and, And I'm talking about that in one of my episodes called Emotional Incest, women who emotionally date their son. They force their sons to mm. become the husband of the household. But just in general, mm. we, it's a trauma to think that you are financially responsible for your whole entire family. So so oh, wow. so in so when you mentioned family, and it just hit my mind, I just, I'm sorry if I'm veering off, but I just, when it hit my mind, I just have to ask, how do we financially deal with family members I mean yeah when they are constantly expecting a handout financially how can we budget that into our finances or how should we go about that
2: um I'm a firm believer that the best way you can help poor people is to not become one of them uh, <laughs> so you gotta you got understand you gotta understand that I I can help you I can love on you but I'm not gonna shipwreck what God is doing you know what I'm saying like i'm not going to shipwreck what i currently have i'm going to bless out of my excess
1: and mm. so if, if
2: i have if i have an extra savings and you you know you come let's say you got a family member whose own drugs is something, right like me personally yeah they may last out or whatever i'll give them food i'll give them some food i'll give them some water take a shower if you need more clothes i'll buy you some clothes um but um when it comes to when it comes to like co-opting with that kind of lifestyle I just can't do it yeah, me personally I just can't do it um, sometimes people say that you shouldn't give to folks on the street I understand that but it's kind of take it from this perspective you probably should really ask the Lord in the moment should I give him the money even though I, I know they probably could do mm. because this this is a conundrum this is a conundrum God gives you breath in your body and you make it is he co-signing your decision mm. or is he giving you time to get something right sometimes you can help and be like okay I'm happy with this you can see they're doing better okay great but at some point it is gonna have to get to a point to where you're like Lord should I get this to them and he's probably gonna say no like don't give them money you can help them right. give them a put you be there for them when they put up at the door open up receive them hug them as if they didn't discuss you out last week <laughs> I've been in this situation um and, but I believe at some point the Lord is going to say, don't give them any more money. If they're going to continue like this, don't give them more money. Cause God is going to want you to be a good steward of what he's given you. And if you're going to live life being a bad steward, you can't be mad when God starts to cut you off because you're a bad steward mm. of what he's giving." Yes. So personally, it, it's really going to have to be a lot of, uh, of talking to the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit, okay, can I give them cash, or do you want me to just feed them and clothe them and love on them? <laughs> and it, it's gonna it's gonna have yeah. to be there. Probably starting off the Lord's gonna let them have grace and be like, okay, give us a cash, see he does. After a while The Lord's gonna show you They not They not serious Or they really do Use the money For other stuff
1: Ooh, So when we When we talk Cause we were talking About stewarding One of the principles mm-hmm. Stewarding And doubling Well basically Giving God back He wants a report On I love when you say that yeah. Oh that's all powerful yeah. And so one thing That could hinder that Cause we tie in With poverty trauma One thing That could hinder You Establishing Or not establishing Fulfilling That biblical principle of uh, being a good steward over your finances and for you to become financially abundant, one thing that could hinder you is your your lack of healing of the uh, codependency issue. And it flows into the savior syndrome. Remember when I said when either, it, it, you know it's a trauma if you're on either end of the spectrum. So when it comes to codependency, either you're super controlling or you're super passive. And so when it, when it comes to to family members or you giving God a return on his investment or he already provided things for you what are you going to do with it one thing one thing of poverty trauma it you feel that you have to save your family and sometimes it is inappropriate that is one form of trauma that will keep you in poverty let's see we just what we talking about so it's nice to help big mama it's nice to help, Mom. It's nice to help, but I am saying the the lack of healing of the codependent area can hinder that one biblical principle that Robert just spoke upon. Robert, it, come on, give us another one. Give us another one.
2: You know, um, I kind of want to go back on the codependency thing yes. because the, there's a scary thing in the current culture when it comes to Black people. Is I'm noticing mm. there's a certain age group between 25 and about. Forty-five now, who are seeing their parents have to retire because you are getting older, they may be getting more sickly, mm-hmm. um, and because their parents never plan to retire officially, they didn't have no investments, no assets stored up. Um, that generation is being squeezed. Now they're being parents and also having to shoulder a burden with their with yes. their parents. It's true uh, because. You know, I made a post on Facebook recently um, I am really scared of the the single mothers who are mm. looking at their children as investments like I saw that's in my retirement and it's, it's not a direct thing and, and I think that that's the issue I think because there are conversations that aren't had and this is another uh, principle uh, the uh, the, uh, the talks at the kitchen table we have to have conversations, hard conversations about when I die, what happens when I retire. Mm. These are the accounts. When I, you know, when I when I die, this is who you call. This is my life insurance information. This is the account and the passwords in one place. Don't because what happens is that when when financial crises happen in a lot of our black communities, we aren't well put together. You, it's mm. fights over money. It's fights over who gonna do this. Is fights over who's gonna leave this and who we call. And it should really be we're following the plan that was set forward. They go to school, stewardship again. Yep. Not only be a stewardship of your present, but also the future. So when mm-hmm. I, when I die, when I get sick, we're doing XYZ. This is the account information. You're gonna call this person. Introduce that person to your sons and daughters have dinner talk with them that should be uh, wow. uh this should be ongoing communication there should already be a relationship with that person and your family already not just you because it's easy for us as adults to just sign stuff and we know the person we talk to them probably one once or twice in our life and then when something happens that's when we're gonna go call, our daughter or son has to call this person who they don't know and so to make that process easier you've got to start to steward the future just in case this happens this is who you call this is where you go this is how much this is this is how you access this and this is who who, who is the fiduciary person over this we have to start to have those conversations because you're going to start to see the effects of conversations that weren't held so the codec codependency they're going to be a lot of people between my age and like 45, 46, they're going to be crunched between raising children and taking care of um, aging parents. And that's a conversation that needs to be had at a greater scale um, because it's going to get real. You're going to start to see people on the streets because housing prices... I assume that they will level off by now. And this is me being a financial nerd right now. Okay, uh, um, but okay. I assume, <laughs> I, I did assume that after the, after the, the initial start of the pandemic, that the housing price would start to really slip down. It's, it doesn't look like it's gonna do that. A lot of us are going to need to embrace what I call compound living, um, mm. for the future. It's just me yes. giving my, uh, good bits. Single women are going to need to probably be bunched up together, uh, three-bedroom, four four-bedroom house, understanding that because of the time that we're in, it's not the same. There are, there are different weights, familiar weights financially that we're probably going to have to burden and we need to store up just in case that happens because mama didn't plan for retirement. So I can't be in my own wow. one-bedroom house. I mean, you in your own bedroom, one-bedroom apartment. It's 10 of us at church, and we all pay different rents. Or most of us can just get together and just uh, save a lot of money that way. But that codependency, it manifests different because we aren't having certain conversations and drawing certain boundaries. You shouldn't be taking care of your mama if she didn't plan for retirement. Because you got to save for your retirement. At what point yes. does that stop? Yes. your husband is not gonna like that I'm telling you right now <laughs> when you get married your husband is not gonna feel up to having to take care of your your parents that's just how yes. it is like it sounds rude but those are boundaries that have to be drawn we'll help but I can't we can't finance this codependency without shipwrecking our own future um, but mm. that was a whole monologue uh, it's okay. it's <laughs> about that
1: okay. it's okay it's a
2: necessary conversation though
1: yeah, it is a necessary conversation. And and in therapy, we actually call that the sandwich generation. Um Oh,
2: wow, that's a real thing. Yeah, okay. that,
1: that's why yeah. I was like, okay. keep going, keep going. Yeah. Because, but I I want to listen, because we uh, we started off by saying your poverty is attached to your perversion. It is mm-hmm. and and I love that you addressed that because it is a perverted way of thinking that you yeah. actually think that you're supposed to be taking care of uh Now, I understand wanting to give back to your mom or your dad because they took care of you. I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is to feel that you have to be financially responsible and care for them the way that you would your children or your household. That is a perverted way of thinking. Now, let me toss this in here. Um, Like the neighborhood that my mother lives in, there are a lot of Indian families but it's a lot of them in one house that's something con- completely dip that's their tradition and but what i am saying but what we're talking about is it is the trauma of you feeling that you need to financially save your entire family once you make it like i right. I, I i have count especially young black males when they in mm-hmm. my this is some, this is this is i'm i'm a firm believer if you can get on top of the suicidal ideation if you close the door that it came through in the first place one of the Mm. number one things that i've seen when i counsel when they sit on my couch young black male clients they are so stressed out about because they don't have enough money to take care of mama grandma uh, mm. You know, I, it is. It. I love that you said. It is just so overwhelming. So I. So ultimately, in the sessions, we are basically giving them a new way to think, because mm-hmm. that is a perverted way of thinking. Your mama yeah. is not your husband. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. But ooh, they show up on the wedding day. The mama. Some of them show up on the wedding Man,
2: day. Listen. <laughs> but, Man, listen. yeah.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: No, but it, it, it's it crosses so many boundaries, mm-hmm. and it, it has to be addressed at the expense of feelings for the future. I'm hurting yes. feelings now, so that both of our futures isn't destroyed. You can actually <laughs> yes. probably get more out of me later if you let me build now. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years from now, you probably you may be older, but I may be a millionaire by then. But if if you keep if I keep investing into you and giving you all of this cash. 15 years from now, I'll be just as broke, and you'll be just as broke, and you'll be in a worse position. Um, mm. But it, it really has to be addressed sharply. Like, uh, I think I think his name was uh, Henry Cloud has a book called uh, Boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that Black families especially, but families, period, have to discuss those boundaries. Like you said with the Indian family, um, I was actually just listening to an Indian guy Uh, Discuss what you said. Wow. Uh, And uh, this probably doesn't happen everywhere. But essentially what happens is uh, the father he'll just get tired pick his feet up move upstairs and say now it's your turn take care of me. Mm. And I think that that's a really personally I think that's wicked. I think that you should be setting your children up and you should invest everything you have to the betterment of your children. Yes. I want you to stay here until you're debt free. Until you have five figures in your bank account and you have a good job. Until that happens, I don't want you leaving out into the world because what nine times out of ten, our debt really comes from credit cards because you gotta, you gotta live, you gotta eat, you gotta buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, financing, uh, furniture in our apartment, uh, because I didn't have the cash and I left. Um, uh, and yes. then not having enough money when we finally move out by ourselves, um, we're getting drowned by all these expenses. I was in a fortunate position where my mother let me do that, um, but that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen a lot in, in black communities.
1: It doesn't, and, and and you know what they say: get grown, get gone. <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, and, and it, it, it's the prevailing, and that's what I'm saying. There's so many underlying beliefs that plague our community, and I'm always talking about black people, but it, it plagues our community when you get 18. I'm gonna kick you out, and it's like I'm 18. You know what I'm saying? I can't make great financial decisions. I'm a kid. I may be an adult by age, but I'm a kid. Right. And we have a we have a lot of underlying beliefs that are really poisonous to us, and they ensure destruction for our children. Mm. Or I could we can have an agreement that when you're here, I could kick you out, but I'm gonna give you a two year plan, three year plan. Once you once you once you decide to do this, I need to see your budget. I need to see how much you save. Once I see that you aren't saving, I'm kicking you out that month. Have an agreement like that. Right. Tell them like, listen, this is for your betterment. This is something that we can do to make sure you have a good amount in your account by the time you leave out. If I kick you out now, you're gonna suffer. So work with me. Have this agreement. And we can work it to where both of us are doing good. Step out on the bill, pay some groceries or whatever. 200 dollars a month versus you paying your own rent. Right. Closer to twelve hundred dollars a month now for one bedroom apartment.
1: Yes. Yeah. Just saying. And and you know, that's really and see and now we're talking when we talk about poverty trauma, it's really is we're saying it's generational poverty trauma. Yeah. We are yes. st- we are still passing on the gen but you know something? One thing I love about your social media pages is that you address very <laughs> <Barry. laughs> i mean it, you keep it real and you yeah. but and and see but i could feel some people sometimes cannot receive that truth because they are so used to living in the lies of trauma yeah and their idea of thinking about i mean money can really work for you but we just yeah. so in so enslaved by that and I, look my mind is just going a thousand miles a minute cause I like got so we probably need to do a part two Let's do it. I got time. let's do it <laughs> because I, i'm I'm just saying like it's it's so much like we address the generational trauma we um I mean address the egocentric portion uh, if you are because egocentric is it's all about me. I want to come up yep. that that affects that affects you in so many ways. Mm-hmm. We talked about, of course, emotional incest just a bit about how like you said, your child cannot be your investment. And uh, well, your future, ticket it out. But it, uh, they do, mm-hmm. they do think that way. I'm telling you, my son ran track and field nationally uh, since he was six mm. years old, all year round. He won uh, junior, he got third in junior Olympics uh, for the triathlon. Wow. Line. He was when he was nine and I, and nice. and guess what I was loving that I love seeing my baby on the podium ooh I was
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: you should I was so excited his 10th uh when he was in uh when he was 10 years old he made it to he qualified for nationals again and at the last minute he said I don't want to do this anymore I want to do something else now initially I, um. I know right you know cuz you know that's a lot of money you know I was kind of upset yeah I know it <laughs> yeah but but I'm gonna tell you but I could feel him trying to step into something else but it would have been my trauma that says you got to be the i understand not quitting and i wanted him to continue to pursue but it was getting it was affecting his mental health he was starting to get last place and, and and so then i was like okay but i could see i have seen so many parents push that child the child is stressed out dreading yep. going to practice it's not fun anymore because that's your ticket out and you mm. want to return on your inv- mm. it, you know it's true yeah you're right and and right. And, and i was and so his, his name is kellen and i said you know what kellen I said, "Okay, let's try something else." So we went through years of discovering, and then he finally I, one thing. One thing I, ta- you know, a t- little ADHD, he be all over the place. But I love him. Lord, love him. I love him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah. I, but I, I, he knows that he is a people person. He likes to connect with people. He's the life of the party. He doesn't want. He doesn't want to be constricted into one place. And then he said, he mm. just sat up. I kid you not. He's 15 now. He texts me from school one day, cause I just let him discover because it's his life. Now I just steward, and I kid you mm. not, see, ain't that powerful? Mm-hmm. He out of nowhere yep. said, "I know what I want to do." If he said, "If I go to college," cause we also talked about trade schools as well, but he said, "If mm. I go to college, I want to do communications." He said I want to Oh wow Yeah He said I want to Meet people I want to use my degree To branch out I want to network He said I want to do All of that And then But he also said If I if I don't do that He said I want to be a yacht broker I said a yacht broker He said I am going to sell boats he, Like a real estate company And he said I'm a t-. Okay And then I looked into it He done looked at They said boat sales Are at an all time high Like he done did His little research mm. I was just so happy For him But Man see, listen
2: <laughs> Man
1: But here's the thing go with it, man. Uh, th- well, yeah. th- but this is what i'm saying i had i did i did not want to push my rejection on him and mm. i kn- and i did not want to make him feel like he was my ticket out of something mm. i did and and so a lot of us have and, and that's a sign of, I'm not saying our parents are narcissistic narcissists but what I am saying that is a narcissistic characteristic for your parent the only reason why they want you to look successful and to bring them money because it makes them look good and that is a poverty trauma Robert you don't even know how many times I see that especially in young black males when they sit on my couch by the time they in their mid-20s they're done um, wow. you got to do you got to do the sip. I'm, we gonna do a seminar together about this
2: let's do it <laughs> we can do it because you know uh, uh, when I, when I talk about finance I notice a lot of that they need therapy they, they need counseling like they need somebody to talk through yes. talk through these issues because it's so it's so deep and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. <laughs> but I can I can identify issues that aren't that aren't good. And brother, you need to go see somebody because this ain't how this is supposed to be. You like you'd be shocked. Like people paying for porn, paying for uh, yeah. uh different subscriptions to stuff. And, and it's like yeah, there's so much going on. And and you know and they're like okay, get my money together. This is different than finances. Like yeah. there's some other stuff going yes. on that has to be addressed. But I'm telling you, a lot of these money issues are almost never about physical cash. It's almost never about that. You all right? We got to do it. We have to do a session together. We, I
1: we, think it'll be powerful. We, I, I listen. I'm really. I, I want. I want the takeaway for today's session. I want the takeaway for all the audience that's listening. You have got to see the the root. To your poverty issues, is you, you have got to see the doorway of your perverted thinking. Mm. It, it, my goodness, see, Robert, don't fell back oh, in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, oh, come on, we we really got to we really got to get this going. You. In order to get on top of poverty trauma, you have got to close and figure out first, but then close the doorway that opens up to the perverted thinking. What fuels your perverted thinking? Are you tired of always finishing last because you were bullied in school? Did you always have to, I mean, did you have to work at Jack in the Box when you was a teenager or McDonald's when you're a teenager, didn't have to bring your money home? Your mama t- or daddy took all your checks? Um, was it, what, what is it? What is the doorway of your perverted thinking? I guarantee you, you find the doorway of your perverted thinking, you can get on top of the poverty trauma. It's not about the money itself, it's about your thought life. And remember when we talked about that other episode when I was with uh, Ariana um, on the episode and we talked about procrastination. And remember, see, this this the nurse in me right here. I'm finna get a little wi- weird, Robert. Mm, let's but do it. But what I was... Um, but remember... Your reasoning portion of your brain, your frontal cortex, that is also responsible for rumination and meditation. What you ruminate on and meditate on, that controls your reasoning on why you make decisions. It it goes hand in hand. And remember, the reasoning portion of your brain is also responsible for procrastination and hesitation and laziness. The only function of your brain is to keep you safe. So when we how do we tie that into poverty, trauma, the way that you are reasoning with money and about money, what are you ruminating on? What what is your reasoning behind some of some of the things? I mean, I've seen, I know someone I'm seeing. Well, not anymore, but she was a She was emotional eating. How much money she spent, and she's trying to build something great. But how much money she spent was just because the reasoning portion. It was emotionally eating. It was impulsivity. It was instant gratification. It's I want it and I want it now. Okay, so. Listen, your poverty is attached to your perverted thinking. It even goes to show, and I, you know, I'm just saying it's just a little bit of Spirit of Jezebel, this part I'm talking about. But also work, trying to manipulatively work your way up. So, and it looks like, wait, this is how I look in the church realm. This is how I look. I'm about to pass this gift. You know you ain't got no money. You know you ain't got no money. You know I'm telling the truth. You know you ain't Yeah, got, I know you telling the truth. <laughs> oh. um, I, I ain't got. Uh-uh, I ain't got no money, but uh-uh, ooh, I was out and I saw Pastor Iyannis. So I'ma go on and buy this thing. You know you ain't got no money, so now your performance and perfectionism is your perverted way of thinking, and that's tied to your poverty. You always doing stuff. Why can't you see that you're valuable even if you don't get anybody a gift? See that? Mm. That's that. That's an example. You know I'm telling the truth
2: that's a whole word man. your
1: performance your performance mode is tied to your poverty do you, you come on we gotta we gotta talk a, we have to do a part two I'm done
2: yep let's do it
1: I, 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 listen <laughs> I feel like we just scratched the surface though
2: yeah there's a lot more we gotta go into a lot more
1: oh gosh I, see uh, Robert will be back <laughs> <laughs> Look, I promise you, Robert will be back. I will have him back. Yeah, We're going to do a seminar or something together because we want y'all to be. And, and that's also mm-hmm. where we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which mm-hmm. the bottom layer of the triangle is physiological needs. If you're that means food, sex, air, shelter, water, your basic animalistic, primitive needs. That's it. Mm-hmm. If and so that means if your finances are not in order, you'll never reach the top of the triangle. You'll never be your best self. That mm. it is, it is, it is ain't that powerful. It That's is so powerful. It, it's psychological. You will never people like, oh, I want to do this because see right above the physiological triangle, right above the right above the physiological uh, level. It's safety. And that means emotional safeness. That's why so many people are fighting in their marriage because of finances, because you can't even wow. get to emotional safeness and vulnerability if you not, if you don't have financial stability. It, 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 that is the way that God made us. So th- this is what I'm saying. So you have to get, the and, and your finances are all tied up in that bottom layer. And remember, the top of the Maslow's tri- hierarchy needs is self-actualization. That means I know my purpose. I'm working my purpose. I know how to love. I know how to receive love. I feel secure in myself. You can't get to that if your finances are tampered with. That's that's a psychological principle. That's a biblical principle. You cannot be your best self if your finances. Because see, here's the thing. This is why, and it's psychological. This is why people in low-income neighborhoods are killing each other. Like because yes, I don't have no self-value for you, so I'm gonna kill you because <laughs> I don't even know where my next meal gonna come from. That's an animalistic, primitive instinct. So lack of financial security could make you on the same plane emotionally and mentally sometimes as an animal. We gotta mm-hmm. t- That's why they're killing themselves. Killing each other. There is no... Okay.
2: I feel like I should sow
1: I'm I'm No, a... I'm sorry. I'm supposed to so I'm to
2: sow. This is a whole word.
1: This is a whole word. We're gonna talk. Robin, we are going to connect after this. Um, again. And we'll do a we'll do a part two. We might do it as a bonus episode. Um, uh, Robert, how can they get in contact with you? What are your social? Please tell them, please, please, please. Uh,
2: currently, I am <clears throat> I am solely on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> you can find me at Robert L Hurt uh, I, I, I <laughs> Really, Robert L Hurt third, But uh, <clears throat> I'm currently solely on Facebook under Robert L. II. III, um, I will be posting more information about uh, upcoming um, financial wellness seminars that I'll be hosting online Please. and in person. Uh, those are in the works. There will be uh, e-books and courses uh, that people can be a part of. Uh, but ultimately, we want people to um, come into the realization of kingdom principles that we may be overlooking so that we can actually live a fulfilling life and leave a legacy for our children.
1: I'm excited. And if you have a question for uh, Robert or me, because we're going to do a part two, I'm telling you this now. Yes. Um, Please email me beforeaftercounseling at gmail.com. Submit your questions, because um, we want you guys, um, as you can see, uh, okay, anyway i get excited mm-hmm. then i start stuttering and then i start just looking all over the place because i'm just my mind is like you know so robert i want to thank you so much you. this was this Bless was powerful <laughs> and so guys listen subscribe apple spotify wherever you listen to podcasts this was chrissy danielle with the before after podcast you know how we always ended who were you before the trauma until next time bye bye